Well, good morning again. How many of y'all are like me and a little tired this morning? You know, I, I don't really, I don't like this whole spring forward and everything. I like to fall back a whole lot better, catching that extra hour of sleep. But, you know, the whole spring forward thing. And then, of course, this morning it was a little cool outside. So it kind of made you want to stay in bed, you know, because, of, you know, just the weather alone. And, and, and as much as we'd like to do that, we know we still need to come together. We, we need to be in the house of the Lord. And we need to take time to praise him for everything that he does in our life. And, and this week, we're in our final week of this series, Rebrand. And, and, you know, we started out this series, we looked at the church in, in Corinth and how they were seeking identity and other things besides Jesus. And, and then we've spent the last three weeks in the book of Acts, and, and we've been looking at what the early church looked like. And, and how in today's society, everyone wants to try and rebrand something and, and try and improve or, you know, do something. And I think instead of rebranding the church, a lot of times we just need to go back to what the early church was. And, and you know, I think here at FBC Lantana, looking through the book of Acts, I see how part of us is like the original church. I see there's things that we do that the original church did, but I also think in ways we fall so short. We, we fall short of what the early church did and, and how they lived their life. And my prayer has always been as we go through this series, not only for me, but for each of you, that, that we would see our shortcomings that, that we would see what the early church did and see maybe how we're falling short as the body of Christ, whereas we're falling short as being the brand of the church. Because whether we believe it or not, we are the brand. When someone sees us, they see the church. They not only see this church, but they see the body of Christ in how we act, what we say, and what we do. Not only inside these four walls, but outside in the world. And what we say and what we do can affect so much, and it can actually affect people coming to the Savior knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we always got to remember it's about Him and His Word. It's never about us. And hopefully as we finish this series today, we'll have a better understanding of what the early church was like. And one of the things we're going to look at today is they were a community. They were a sold-out community, not only for Jesus, but for each other. And, and as a community, they had the same focus on Jesus. They had the same focus on doing what his word calls us to do. And I believe we as a church, if we had that same focus, we could move mountains. We could move mountains. We could affect change, not only here in Lantana, but we could affect change in our own families, in our neighborhoods, in our jobs, and everyone we come in contact with. But it's about being that community and being who God called us to be, and that is serve that we serve Him, and that we serve Him alone. And one of the things I hopefully that we'll see today is that the Christian life is strengthened and grown in a community of believers beyond Sunday services. 
It is bigger than just Sunday services. It's, it's bigger than this hour that we're in here. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2 today, verses 42 through 47. If you don't have a Bible with you, um, there is a Bible in the back of the pew. It'll also be up here on the screen with us. So with that being said, let's dig in. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word this morning, Lord, we ask that you open up our hearts that we may see what it is you want us to see. Open our ears that we may hear your voice. Lord, may my words be yours and may your name be glorified. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So today as we're looking at this, a question, and kind of through this whole series, it's, it's kind of been the same. But today I want you to think and answer this question. Am I taking part in the growth of the church or am I simply attending church? Read that with me. Am I taking part in the growth of the church or am I simply attending church? church. We live in a world of communities. We live in a world that's built on communities, and unfortunately, we live in a world that has very superficial communities, you know, and it's become more and more, especially with, with COVID and the different things going on, it's become more and more superficial, and, and even you think about it on social media, on social media, you can have all these friends, and you can build this community of people on, side, so on social media and, and perform and make them think you're something that you're not. And, and it's this facade or this superficial community that makes people feel like I'm part of something, but really not part of anything at all. And, and unfortunately, in today's world, there's so many people who who look to social media as their community, as where they live their life. And, and I think it's interesting, in a comedy special called Make Happy, um, Bob Berman actually describes social media as this, just the market's answer to a generation that demanded to perform. So the, mar so the market said, here, perform. Perform everything to each other all the time for no reason. It's all about performance. It, it, it's the way we perform to others. And, and rather than letting people know us or that really can know us, people will turn and put on a performance. And many churches are like that today. People come into the church and it's more for a performance than being part of a community. And instead of wanting to be the change inside and to continue to grow, 
They come in, it's more of a performance than anything else. And understand, church attendance um, is not the same thing as Christian community. Church attendance is not the same thing as Christian community. It, it might have this performance based on it instead of being connected and instead of making an investment in other people's lives. You know, and it's common in today's world to speak of an unchurched faith. Oh, well, well, I have faith, but I don't go to church. Well, in the Bible, there's no such thing as an unchurched faith. They, they came together and their faith involved them going to church. It involved them being inside communities. And throughout Acts, the people of God came together. They came together, they, they came together to worship God, they came together to break bread, they, they came together to spread the gospel and engage with the world. Today's scripture is very similar to Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 35, which actually say this. Now the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. But instead they held everything in common with great power. The apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord. Jesus and great grace was on them all, for there was not a needy person among them, because all those who owned lands and houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed to each person that had need. Two different places. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, talk about almost the same thing. It talks about believers coming together, being a community, taking care of widows, taking care of those who are in need, but they're being together. And the entire church in the book of Acts, you actually see this. Uh, faith isn't merely this self-righteousness. It's not merely this individualistic type of thing that we go through. And yes, it is a personal relationship with Jesus that each one of us has, but we build that relationship more through community. Like one of the things I always say, if you're not connected to a local church, get connected to a local church where you can work on your relationship with Jesus and with others. Because it requires those relationships for us to do life and for us to be a community of believers together. You see, those who, who followed the way according to the Bible or were Jesus followers were not individualist. They, they, didn't, they weren't about themselves. You look in Acts chapter 1, they came together. Both male and female came together. The church extended to the Greek Jews. We saw that last week. You also see it in Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 10 and 11 and 13 through 21. We see where the Gentiles actually became a part of the church. So they opened their doors for everybody. It just wasn't a, a, a country club where only certain people could come in. They opened their doors so that other people could come and learn about who Jesus was. And they built this community. They demonstrated their commitment by regularly going to the temple in Acts 2.46, also in Acts 5.42. It shows they never limited it just to a day of worship. They didn't just come on the Sabbath. They didn't just come on the first day of the week. They met together throughout the week. They met in homes and they prayed together. They broke bread with each other. 
They took time teaching and evangelizing with each other. In, in the mid-50s A.D., the church actually shows evidence of switching from Saturday Sabbath, Jewish Sabbath worship to Sunday first day of the week. You actually see it throughout the book of Acts as, as the church continues to grow. They start to change it, and you see it in Acts chapter 20. It's mentioned in 1 Corinthians, and actually even mentioned in Revelations. The early church was connected. They were connected to each other, and they stayed connected to each other. They didn't just spend an hour once a week inside church and then spend time on social media. They spent time together during the week being a community and being followers of Jesus Christ. Verse 42 said this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. In 46 through 47 say, Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Daily time together, breaking of bread. They cared about each other. They invited each other into their homes. They came together. They had a meal. And you know God was present because it says they were joyful. They were joyful. They were praising God. They were breaking bread together. And they came together as one. When's the last time you invited someone over to your house to break bread? And I know a lot will say, well, you know, we've had all this going on, Pastor, so we can't do it, so what's stopping you now? If you can go to a restaurant, when's the last time you invited someone out for a meal? That you could take that time and have that fellowship together, break bread together, praise God together, and continue to move forward in your life. That's where community is built. Community is built when we're able to come together, not just with inside these four walls, but also when we get together as a community outside. Understand, your table can be a place where people meet Jesus. People can meet Jesus inside your home just as well as they can meet people inside the church. Because if, if you're not just in here putting on a show when you come to church and you actually live this Christian life outside, you can affect change in people's lives. There's a big difference between being a part of, a, being a part of the growing of a church than just attending service for an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. We need to be the church, be the community outside these four walls. And, and as things are opening back up. We see everything opening back up. One of the things I would love to see is us to start having stuff back together here. Open up and, and have the men's breakfast. Have a dinner for everybody. Do stuff where we can come together because as a church over, over time, that has stopped. And there's really no reason to look at why it stopped because it actually stopped prior to COVID. So we can't blame everything on COVID, but we have to look at 
What can we do as a church to come together as a community and do things? And if it's just a matter of inviting people to your home, inviting people out to a meal, inviting people, hey, let's go out to John Prince Park and have a cookout. Yesterday I was at a softball game. The guy said, hey, if you can put a softball team together, y'all can join our league. Who's interested in playing softball? If we were younger, maybe. Remember, the church used to have a softball team. Had a softball team, and they, that's community. Community is what helps build a church. Community is what takes us beyond Sunday morning to building a church and having that fellowship with people. Having people see us for who we really are. Having people come together and meeting Jesus at our table. Seeing that we're breaking bread together, that we're praising God, that we're praying together. They see the real us instead of a performance that they may see on a Sunday morning or inside social media. If you look at the early church, God was on a mission. God was on a mission and saving people's lives. Through their daily fellowship, it says he continually added to the church. He continually added because they continued to do what God called them to do. And you know, Baptists are known for potlucks. I think it's interesting when I, when I read Michael Morgan, he wrote a book called The Aroma of Home uh, in Praise of a Korean Table. And, and it's about a community, the, the community he found both in church potlucks and also in his, the Korean table after he got married, it's how welcoming it was. And he said this, culinarily speaking, it's a bit of a ways from a Southern Baptist potluck to a spicy Korean octopus stew. But really, it's not all that different. Both are the overflow of a home. And it's in our homes that give us the chance to cultivate a touchstone in a shifting world resounding with the bleak envy found in Ecclesiastes. Sharing meals gives us something to gather around while we wait and hope for God to work things together for our ultimate good. In a shared table, we enjoy some of the fleeting goodness we forget also appears in Ecclesiastes. Our homes might perhaps be the very place someone arrives in the midst of their sorrow and leaves with restored hope and some good leftovers. See, our tables become places of belonging and welcoming to a true community. We can welcome people into our house, and a community of believers beyond the Sunday crowd can ultimately affect change in this world. And it can start right at your own dining room table. Now, if you're like me, anytime we gathered together in my house and growing up, it really didn't happen at the table. Everything happened in the kitchen because that's where all the conversation was while everything was being cooked. And think about the conversations you've had in your kitchen over the years with family or with friends. And when's the last time you had that? When's the last time you opened up your house to somebody else? You see, sin, is, sin blinds us. Sin blinds each and every one of us. 
And, and the reason I say this is each one of us has the ability to point out the sin in somebody else. We're real quick at seeing someone else's sin, but then the sin in our own life gets pointed out and we're kind of taken back because sin blinds us to what we do in our own lives, but we're able to see what others are doing. And I think as long as we live, and as long as we have sin inside of us, we're always going to have these spiritual blind spots. And I think a lot of times those spiritual blind spots affect us from being part of a community. It affects us from opening our doors to others. It affects us from making change so that we can affect and change other people's lives. Because we get so caught up with, with what we see in others instead of what we see in ourselves. And you know, I, I think I know myself better than others do. However, one thing I learned a long time ago was when I come together with a group of people that I trust and that I meet with on a weekly basis, and when we speak into each other's lives, that they know me personally, they know my quirks, they, they, they know the faults I have being a husband, they know the faults I have being a parent, they know the faults I have in my own life because I spend time with them each week. And through that time, spending time with them each week, you know, as, as we dig in and we see what God is doing, and we're able to speak God's truth into each other's lives. And we're able to help each other. And even if it's picking up the phone and just calling each other or meeting at a coffee shop or meeting someplace and breaking bread together, that community is stronger than any community I've been a part of. And the reason is because we put down our guard, we let down the facade, we don't try and perform, we let them know who we really are. And as much as they know who I am, I know who they are. I know their quirks. I, I, I know their parenting style, their problems with their marriage. I know maybe the problems they have on their job or, or even inside their church. Because we have these conversations. And then we take that time to pray together and put together an action plan of what are we going to do to do better next week than we did this week. And we take that time to, to look at our lives and how are we doing in our relationship with Jesus? Are we doing what we should be doing? And this is when a community comes together, what you can do. You hold each other accountable because you see past the performance. You see past the facade or the mask that the person is wearing and you see who the person really is. And it takes you out of the equation because they know you. They know you. And I think a lot of times we avoid that community because we really don't want people to know us. We don't want people in our business. We want people to think we're this way when we're actually some way out. Our sin will blind us. So we need community to get past it. We need that community to be able to see further along. And, and you don't think you need community. Think about this. If this room was pitch dark and you lit one candle 
it would light up an area of this church. But if every one of us had a candle, we could almost eliminate the darkness. Because when we come together and we shine our light together instead of as individuals, we can change and remove the darkness. We can remove the darkness that's in this world. We can re remove the darkness that's in our families, within our friends, in our community. We can remove the darkness when we come together. As an individual, you're going to open up just one little area. So it brings me back to the first question I asked. Am I taking part in the growth of the church? Or am I just attending church? Am I simply attending it or am I taking part in the growth? And I, you know, there's a big difference. There's a big difference in taking part in the growth of a church and just attending the church. You see, taking part in the growth of the church means we do what the early church did. The early church was, had the power of the Holy Spirit. The early church took the gospel to a lost world. The early church praised and glorified Jesus in everything they did. The early church committed, was committed to holiness and obedience to God and obedience to his word through worship and prayer. They, seek, they were seeking God in everything that they did. It was a church that was hated from the world around it, but yet they didn't care. They got past that persecution and continued to do what God called them to do. It was a church that was growing and God added to it daily. They found favor in the eyes of God because they did what God told them to do. It was a church that was manifested by the power of God and nothing could stop them. Nothing could stop them. The Sanhedrin tried to persecute them. They tried to get... Satan tried to come inside and cause quarrels inside the church. Nothing was stopping them from moving forward because they were of one accord. They were seeking God. They were seeking to do what his word calls them to do in everything. And that church in Acts, unlike anything we've probably ever seen in the world since. I think the church in Acts can still be something in the world today. This world needs Jesus. This world needs revival. And, and think about this. What if we as a church only did half of what the early church did? If we only did half, we could probably see some change. We'd see a little bit of change in our community or a little bit of change in our family. But what if we did everything the early church did? And what if we learned from the mistakes of the early church so that we didn't make them? And if we continue to do what God called us to do as the church, going and making disciples of all nations, being a part of a community, being spirit-filled, God-led, feeling his power, moving forward, what kind of church will we be and what kind of impact will we have in the world? We could have a lot more impact as a group of people coming together than as individuals. But it takes that coming together. And I think instead of us just glossing over and picking and choosing what we're going to choose to listen to or believe in God's word, we need to believe all of it. We need to believe every single written letter inside God's word, and we need to apply it inside our lives. And I think we would see a bigger movement of God than what we're already starting to see. We'd see a bigger movement. And the thing we need to understand is Satan don't like a church. 
Satan doesn't like a church that's doing what God's word calls it to do. He doesn't like it. And he will do everything he can to destroy a Bible-believing, Bible-practicing, praying church, a church that's soul-winning, that's focused solely on God, focused on doing what he's called him to do, and a church that is active in the world today. Satan doesn't want that. Satan wants that lukewarm Christian, that lukewarm church that we see in the book of Revelation. He don't want to see a church that's alive. He don't want to see a church that is going out there, that is singing, preaching, teaching, winging souls, that is affecting change inside their own house, inside their community, inside the world. Satan does not want to see any of that. And we all know this. Satan does not want to see a church grow in today's world. And the world could really care less if the church was here or not. So it's up to us. It's up to us as individuals and understand that through Satan to destroy a church, he will try discord, he'll try disdain, he'll, he'll try disagreements. He will try sin and he will use people to stop his church. He will not stop it to stop the church of Jesus Christ. Satan will use everything he can. And even as we looked in the book of Acts, you look at what he was using. He was using discord and he was using deception, but he was using people to bring it. He was using people to bring it into the church to try and stop the church from doing what it had to do. Well, I believe Jesus' word. I believe God's word. It says the gates of hell would not prevail. Gates of hell will never prevail over this church. And I think FBC Lantana, we're going to survive. We're going to thrive. We're going to reach a potential. And I think we're going to continue to grow and move forward to affect change in people's lives. And I truly believe that we are the people who can make it happen, that we can continue to move forward. But what we need to do is become a community. Start breaking bread with each other. Start taking that time. Invite someone over to your house. Invite someone to lunch. Get involved in a life group. Get involved in a life group. You start doing life together. And as life groups, you can actually go and start doing exactly that. Breaking bread, spending time together. Not a single person in here can grow the church. Except him. But he can use every one of us. And as he uses each of us and as we come together and we move forward, I think we can truly see and know we can see God move. Because God's still in the moving of mountains. He's still in the business of moving mountains. He's still in the, in, in the midst of change. And the key to it all is if we let God do what he wants in our midst. Let him be the one in charge. Real unity as a church comes when everyone is so focused on Jesus that we're all headed in the same direction. If our focus remains on him and that we're so focused on Jesus that we're more concerned about what he wants instead of what we want. We're more concerned about moving forward and making disciples and calling people to know Jesus than we are about ourselves. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the Ephesians about this same subject. He said, therefore I, 
the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It's our responsibility to preserve the unity and to preserve the bond of peace. It's our responsibility to do what God's word calls us to do. It's our responsibility to be the Christians that God calls us to be. Not the Christians we see in the world, not living by the world's standards, but living by the standards of God's word. And God's word is a whole lot higher standard than the world. All of it. Not just the pieces that sound good. Not just the little things. All of it. God continues to mold each one of us and continues to mold this church. He's not done. I think God loves this church. I really think he does. I think he loves us. He wants to shape us to carry his message into the world. To be hope dealers. That we bring hope into the world. That we bring hope, that, that we bring our real selves instead of the performance that we put on. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what God does. I want to be a part of what God does as he changes this community, as he changes this county, as he changes this state, and as he changes the world. But the question remains, are you willing to let go and let God do what he wants to do instead of what you want to do? And are you willing to be obedient to God and his word entirely? Are you truly ready to take them steps? Are you ready to be a part of the growth of the church? Or just an attender of the church. And maybe you're saying, well, pastor, I need to know Jesus first. And of course, that is the first step. Knowing Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. But it's so much more than that. Because even after we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we need to understand that we're still sinners. That we still fall short. And it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for an hour or 50 years. You're still a sinner. Each one of us. Each one of us still sin. Each one of us still falls short. And at some point in time, each one of us are still trying to perform instead of just being who God called us to be. Be the change in yourself that he wants you to be so that we can be the change in a community that he wants to see. Each one of us will make changes in our own life. We'll make changes in technology. We'll update our phones. We'll make changes in our houses. We'll get new vehicles and new cars. 
but will refuse to change a thing. We're here to serve him and to get people to know who Jesus is. We do that through community. We do that by coming together. Be so focused on Jesus that nothing else matters. Be so focused on Jesus that nothing else matters. Because if we're focused on Jesus, guess what? Nothing else will matter. And maybe you're sitting here today saying, well, you know, I, I, I need to know Jesus. Well, we can make that happen. During his final song, you can come forward. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We can, we can sit down. We can talk about it. You can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. But maybe you're here and you've been that one who's been a believer for 50 years. And you need to take that step of, God, Jesus, I need to give it to you. I need to take myself out of this equation, and I need to make it on you. Maybe all of us just need to pray this prayer, Lord, make me part of a community instead of an individual. Lord, open up my eyes to see people that I can invite into my home or for a meal or, or just to have a cup of coffee with that I can tell them about you. Our faith has to be bigger than our fear and our faith needs to be focused on him and everything he calls us to do. Let's become a community that changes the world like the early church did. That we will continue to have the favor of God and that we will continue to affect change in other people's lives. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I just, I thank you for everything you do. I thank you for your word and how we can dig into your word, Lord, and, and see where the early church failed. But we can also see where they thrive, Lord. We can see where you were all over it. We can learn how to come together as a community. We can learn how we should be able to break bread together. But most importantly, how we seek you together. And Lord, how we seek you as one heart. And Lord, we also know that if we're seeking you, the rest doesn't matter. Because it's about your favor, not the favor of man. Lord, may you make a change in us that will be a part of the growth of the church, your church, instead of just be attenders of church. May we be the change that affects somebody else. And Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if 
If you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, Definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com. And on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.